right. Thank you for joining us on All Sports Tucson Talk. Have a special guest here, Troy Hutchison of GoAZCast.com, doing some great work there with uh, U of A basketball and football. The recruiting end of it was big this week with the signing date, the early, well, it's no longer the early signing date, it's just the signing date uh, for <laughs> football in the fall. And uh, uh, first of all, thanks, Troy, because I know it's busy, busy time of year. And, you know, my condolences with your grandfather passing away. Um, a lot of things going on, so I appreciate the time here. I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. Was your grandfather a big U of A fan? No, he was not a sports fan in general. The only oh. sport he liked was baseball. But uh, no, more, more of a nature kind of guy, but oh, okay. not, not a huge sports fan. So that's where you get your, your naturistic side? Is that where you, that's from? A, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, my condolences with that uh, and, and just... You know this the holiday season. It's it's a uh, you know a lot of things going on. I mean, you got UVA basketball in the midst of their impressive start, and then UVA football you know, getting ready for the Alamo Bowl. Um, are you going to be going to the Alamo Bowl? I'm sorry, I forgot if you're if you are or not. Yeah, as of right now, it's looking like 98 percent sure I'm going. We just gotta figure out the final details, but I should be up there the day before the game and during the game. Awesome. Well, that should be a good experience for you. Um, and then also the basketball. I'm actually going to the basketball game. We're taping this on Friday morning. I'm, I'm going to the basketball game tomorrow with Arizona Florida Atlantic at T-Mobile Arena. I'm not going to be writing on the game. I might maybe later on, but I'm not going to report, be there as a reporter, um, be there with my daughter. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, and that's going to be where the Pac-12 tournament will be for the last time this year coming up in like three, what, three to four months. So, um, but let's talk about recruiting. Let's talk about football recruiting. What, what is your general overview of, of what Jed Fish and his staff was able to do this Wednesday during signing date? Yeah, you know, you look at it, and I think it finally graded out at number 46 nationally in the country. At one point in time, it was in the top 20 with uh, Elijah Rushing and Will Hype being committed to, to Arizona before they flipped to Washington and Oregon. But, um, you know, overall, this class is fairly deep, fairly talented. Um, a lot of under-the-radar guys. I think a lot of Arizona fans were disappointed in terms of the national ranking of things. But when you take a deep dive into this class, Arizona did what it needed to do, which was fill gaps defensively, add depth where they needed to in the secondary, um, continue building their offensive line, which has gone from what I look at when they first arrived here, Jeff Fish's staff, the worst offensive line in program history, to now one of the better lines in program history, one of the top three lines in the Pac-12. Um, with three potential first-round draft picks on that line. Um, so they added depth there, and they got their quarterback of the w distant future. You know, obviously you have Noah Fafita, who's a redshirt freshman, so he'll be at Arizona for a long time. But you get a guy in Demond Williams who, you know, for with, if it wasn't for the height uh, of him being, I think, 5'9", 5'10", uh, this kid would be a five-star recruit. He is a high four-star recruit. He has one of the best arms nationally in at any high school uh, I've seen, and he's just a playmaker. So they they have their quarterback of the future, Pasano Vita. Yeah, I've seen Demond Williams play. I didn't see him this year, but I saw him last year when they played at Cell mm -hmm. Point, and uh, 
thoroughly impressed how, how in command he was of the offense and how much of a leader. Not, not only the skills you mentioned, but he just he was just a, a visual, uh, you know, has a visual presence about him that stood out from all the other players on the field. Just the way he conducted himself, the way he played, the, how, how, how much he wanted to win. Uh, I think Arizona fans are going to fall in love with this guy after Fafita's mm-hmm. career is, is, is uh, completed or, God forbid, something happened with Fafita and Williams has to step in. I think he's... He's uh, he he's going to be somebody that U of A fans will really enjoy watching overall. Yeah, you know, um, I was at that Southland game too, yeah. and what impressed me for his height, actually, just really in general, is how the ball just flies out of his arm and shoots out like a rocket. There's not a throw he can't make on the field. Um, has a great awareness of the pocket. Knows how to make plays when needed on the run. Um, you're talking about a kid that had, I think, 135 touchdowns in his career at Basha. Um, that's a phenomenal number. And what really drew my attention was on National Signing Day during Jed Fish's press conference, he mentioned how he had uh, Sean McVay and Josh McDaniels, and I forget the other coach's name that he mentioned, but friends of his, mm-hmm. look at tape on Damon Williams, and they all were singing his praises and talking about that player, Damon, as an NFL kid one day. Um, so you have NFL coaches falling in love, love with Damon Williams, and right now he's at Arizona. Yeah, and he, he was an original commit to Ole Miss, and mm-hmm. you know he, I think he saw how Arizona's program was evolving under Jed Fish, and that really caught his eye. He probably wanted to see like a wait-and-see thing about how Arizona would be under Fish, and then once he saw them go on that, I don't know what they go on like a five-game winning streak in the middle of the season. That's when he, you know he, he committed before the season, but I think he he the way that Arizona has come on has really solidified his his idea to become a Wildcat. I mean, it was a commitment before he signed on on Wednesday, so that commitment could have changed at any time. But I think I think as the season got on, he he became more and more of a believer in in the U of A. Yeah, and it was really impressive that they were able to keep them on um, after Elijah Rushing and Will Hyde committed because if everybody remembers, those two committed first, and then DeMond flipped his commitment from Ole Miss to Arizona, so it seemed like a three-player you know, three player package deal. Um, and I know a lot of Arizona fans were worried when those two left, but uh, credit to Jed Fish and his staff, they were able to you know, convince them to stay the course and show them what they're doing in terms of product on the field. And I think a big thing for all these recruits is this coaching staff and the family atmosphere they they bring to Tucson and player development. I talked to most of these recruits in terms of, you know, getting quotes for articles and whatnot. And the number one thing that came up all the time was player development and how the coaching staff ran a practice. Um, I think that's big in today's game. And you don't see a lot of kids make that decision in terms of on development and how, you know, a family atmosphere is for a program. But when they do, uh, you reap the benefits of it. Yeah, you, you mentioned the word development, and that, that became a big word this, this year when Elijah Rushing decommitted. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, personally, being from Tucson, I wish he would have, he and, and um, uh the, the name escapes me. The, Will Height. Will Height. Yeah, the I wish those guys would have just stuck it out and kept their course with Arizona. But it go, of course, recruiting still goes on after a commitment. I mean, Arizona probably does it too. 
But I wish they would have just stuck it out because they could have been something else here with a, with a local angle. And um, I, it's unfortunate that Elijah Rushing in his tweet used the word development because it's obvious that the way that Jed Fish and his staff are building this program, that they are developing players that, uh, in, in all positions. And um, that was not a that was not probably the best choice of words to use during that tweet uh, that no, Elijah it, Rushing used. It, it definitely became a theme after yeah. after the decommitment for Arizona. Yeah, and it, it's a fortune because he's. I know him personally. I've I've covered him the last four years, and Keona I don't know that well because he's he's really come on the last year. But Elijah Rushing is not a person that is going to be spiteful and and not you know. I I just thought it was unfortunate, but now he's on his way to Oregon. Best of luck to him, and uh, best of luck to Keona at Washington. And Arizona's got a good thing here, so if those guys leave, that's that's the way it goes. But Arizona's going to move on as strong as ever because as long as Jed Fish and the, the coaching philosophy is here with him, uh, Arizona's in good shape no matter what, I believe. Yeah, you know, um, they've been able to build this program from the ground up, mm -hmm. uh, doing a very old school through the recruiting rankings, which, you know, you, you think that's a very common thing, but you look around the country at – UCLA, Colorado, and so on and so forth with programs, it's a lot of transfers. It's a lot of getting guys that are already ready to roll that may not fit your system or may not fit your culture or belief as a program. Um, Jed didn't want that here. You know, they, they do have transfers, and they've capitalized off of that as well. But it's more subs, subs, uh, subsidizing, if I could talk correctly, um, what they need. Um, and not just like a short-term plan, but they get a lot of younger transfers. So it's guys that they can bring in, develop the way they want them to, and, uh, you know, fill in gaps here and there. But um, they don't base their program off of transfers. They base it off of high school recruits and player development. And that's why you've seen Arizona make such a big jump over the last couple of years. Right, right. Now, you mentioned transfers. Is there any news there that we should know of or any, any developing players that have Arizona on their list that are transfers that can be plugged in? Yeah, you know, they brought in three transfers with Shaw. You have... Um, the kid from Tennessee and then the UC Davis kid who's 370 pounds um, all on the defensive side of the football. There will be probably at least one more on the defensive side of the ball in the Missouri transfer. Uh, DJ Westlock, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh -huh. um, big edge rusher from the SEC. Not a lot of playing time there, but he's a younger player. He was a high four-star recruit that picked Missouri over Arkansas, Texas A&M, Arizona, ASU, uh, just a whole bunch of teams in the mix for him. But he was on an official visit uh, just this past weekend. And, you know, I think he liked it there. Uh, you saw a lot of commitments happen during that weekend. And uh, he keeps on retweeting Arizona stuff. So I think that's a good sign for the Wildcats. Yeah, you know, what uh, Jet Fish this week said that he would rather go the high school route than the transfer route with bringing in players, mm -hmm. but obviously you have to bring in transfers, and I think he's bringing in the transfers that he wants. He's just not opening the door and saying, "Oh, this guy played here, so he, he's got to be good enough, so we'll bring him in." He, he, those guys, they do their homework and know which player is going to help them immediately. He, he called it like free agency, where those players mm -hmm. plug in where they need immediate help. So. People that see Arizona transfers come in, 
they know that the coaching staff is like, hey, we need help right here, you know, either to bolster it or to to come in and play. So I, I think that's interesting what he said. Yeah, and, you know, just looking back at last year, they brought in these transfers on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of them played. But as they said, they don't base their program off of transfers. So you had a guy like Warren Patu uh, transfer from Cal, and he was supposed to start. But the younger players stepped up. They outworked them. They were a little bit more talented. And all of a sudden, Warren Patu sitting on the bench the last half of the season, not playing at all, not getting any reps. Um, and he just, you know, decided to transfer out. He's looking for his third school. And you know, best of luck to him. And I think the coaching staff wants what's best for him. But they've made it clear just because you transfer in doesn't mean you're going to be a starter. You still have to earn it. Right. And what we talked about before you were on here, um, a lot of Arizona uh, recruits, all things considered, um, with the amount of players they got signed, you know, you got Dylan Tapley, who's another four-star guy out of Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. He's an athlete. Um, Where do you see him playing? At Arizona, what's 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 his gonna, role going to be? I think he's going to be more an offensive role at receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he did play safety uh, up there in Phoenix, but I do think Arizona sees him more as a receiver and more as a playmaker. You know, looking at his film uh, this past week and really trying to evaluate him, he's got some great skills on the receiving side of the ball. Really good lawn bomb presence. Uh, needs to work a little bit on his route running. Uh, defensively, it, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of like the center fielder out there uh, playing safety. He was cleaning everything up. Uh, you didn't see a lot of tackles made. So I think in terms of skill set, uh, the receiver position fits him more than the safety position. And it's just some added depth there for Arizona. And that's just one of three athletes that they got in this recruiting class. Yeah, they got Teron Williams from Pasadena and Rashawn Clark from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are good, two good, uh, three star guys. Yeah, and you know, uh, Clark was a big one. I know Cal was very disappointed in that, and Arizona was very excited about that. When you watch his film, he's a really good safety, he could make plays all over the field. So he'll play on the defensive side of the ball, and Teron Williams. Same thing. Uh, he does have some problem covering guys um, when watching the film, but uh, he might be the best tackler in this recruiting class at any position. Just a very strong physical DB that's pretty big in size. Um, I, I could even see him playing linebacker, but they're probably going to keep him at safety because they do like the length in their secondary. But he's another talented guy that you know went a little bit under the radar and Arizona's capitalized off of it. Yeah, and, and then we got the three Glendale Apollo guys, right? Adam Muhammad, mm-hmm. um, Lavelle Watkins, and Matthew Ladeau. The, those are all guys on the offensive side with Muhammad a running back and Watkins and Lado, the uh, offensive lineman. What do you know about them? Yeah, you know, um, Muhammad's a very talented player. Obviously, he put up insane numbers at Apollo that uh, rival Bijan Robinson. He got really close to Bijan's stats and. I don't think anybody thought they were going to see that for a long time, and he was able to get in that distance. But uh, to me, he kind of reminds me of a Terrence Jones Grigsby during that 2014 Arizona team. Mm-hmm. Uh, very balanced running back. It does, isn't going to blow you away with his speed, uh, but very powerful too, but isn't going to blow you away with his power. Uh, just an overall really solid back that could be here a long time for Arizona and give them relief when they need it. And then the two offense alignment, you know, Lado 
being that six six offensive tackle at like I think three no two seventy, um, which kind of resembles what um, Jordan Morgan was coming into Arizona. He was around that two seventy two seventy five mark, um, but very talented, uh, still pretty raw. And then Watkins is one of my favorite players in this recruiting class. Uh, rivals, we have him as a two-star. But when you watch the film, uh, that that is a three-star kid. He's really talented. Um, just gets off the line very fast and runs with a mean streak. And I think that's the main thing for Arizona when they're looking at the offensive line. And Lado has the same thing. And uh, Justin from Northern California, Almica, uh, very similar. They look for guys with a mean streak in them. Um, kind of like a gentle giant off the field, but uh, uh, big school bully in on the field. And uh, Watkins is that. I mean, when he's pulling to the right side, to the left side as a right guard, he's clearing the way. Um, very talented kid, and uh, some, that's somebody I look at that could maybe make a push to start on the offensive line for Arizona next year at right guard, which would mean um, Raymond Polito moving to left tackle, replacing Jordan Morgan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're trying to replace Morgan. They have their future left tackle or right guard right now. Um, but that's kind of what Arizona has become is where they get these highly talented offensive linemen. They fill them at the guard positions and then they move out to the tackle positions. Um, I don't know Watkins will do that, but there's a system in place in a lot of programs like Alabama does a similar thing. So you're seeing a kind of well-oiled machine on the offensive line where you start to plug and place guys of right now and guys of the future. Yeah. Uh- you know, one one other thing that I noticed too is predominantly the the recruiting classes from like um, Arizona and California. Um, mm-hmm. There's there are a couple from Big Ten or sorry Big Twelve country. They you have the defensive end Edua Akundie from Katy, mm-hmm. Texas, and then you have Bryce Butler, the defensive tackle from Garden City, Kansas. I, I'm wondering now that Arizona is going to the Big Twelve, if we'll see more kids from like Texas. You know, Oklahoma area, Kansas, um, and obviously those areas aren't loaded with talent, but Texas is. So I wonder if we're going to see more more players from Texas being recruited. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. Um, Arizona is going to have to find their way into that, but at the base of their recruiting will always be the Polynesian kids and SoCal kids. Um, that is where Arizona has thrived in recruiting the last couple of years. They have great connections there, even though they're not going to be playing very many California schools over the years, they're going to find ways to get in there in terms of maybe playing a non-conference game at SoFi Stadium that Jed Fish has mentioned uh, in the past in terms of press conferences. Maybe playing, you know, out in Los Los Angeles for something or San Diego. Um, They're going to find a way to get it out there. I think it's highly important that they do. But you are right. They got to start making cracks into the Texas area. But uh, right now, I think they're fine going about their plan with uh, the idea of adding to it in terms of subsidizing right. uh, maybe some of the SoCal kids with Texas kids. Yeah, I think I think what you mentioned about uh, playing in California, I think it should be Arizona's goal to play at least one game a year mm-hmm. there somehow. Either you're playing at UCLA or USC or San Diego State, or you're playing, uh, you know, a, a TV game at so- SoFi Stadium. Or, or in uh, well, mostly in Southern California, they they want to they should try to keep it in in the southern part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be if they can if they can do that. 
because uh, they they have been going there once a year with UCLA and USC those those games alternating. Um, if they can keep that presence yearly somehow, that'd be that'd be a really good thing for recruiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I think at the end of the day, that will be the plan moving forward. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for Arizona and really any school that you know when you're changing conferences like this. Uh, the Kansas State game is going to stay on the schedule as a non-conference game. And it's just very hard to organize games with short amount of time. I mean, we see that, you know, college football games are getting scheduled 10 years in advance. Right. So um, it's just very hard to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to take some patience. Um, I know some people are going to be, especially alums in the L.A. area, are going to be kind of upset that they can't see their, their Wildcats come and play right away but i think in time it's going to happen where they can play once a year in that area um it's just unfortunate that that this is happening that they that there's no games scheduled or no no conference opponents in california that's like the first time in 30 40 years right so mm-hmm. um it's going to take some time to get used to that but uh, just a little bit about the basketball team a big win over alabama after losing to purdue uh, then they have Florida Atlantic coming up, like I said, tomorrow. <clears throat> uh, just your overall impression of Arizona so far. Yeah, you know, um, I had a feeling that they were going to lose to Purdue. Uh, that's a long travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing a lot of highly ranked games, uh, highly talented opponents. You're going to drop one. Um, I do think they close out the non-conference with a win over FAU. So only one loss during the non-conference. And when you look at this team in terms of depth, talent, uh, skill on the court at all three aspects of the game, in terms of defense, offense, off the bench, Arizona has it all. Um, I still think they're the best team in the country, uh, despite the Purdue game. And, you know, it's no offense to Purdue, but I think if you put that game in the NCAA tournament, there's a different notch that is taken. And uh, I don't know if Purdue's guards can do that again to Arizona. Uh, I think this is the most talented team Arizona's had since 2014 uh, with Aaron Gordon and Nick Johnson and that team. And it has the potential to be much better than that team because, yes, that team was great defensively. And I think this is the closest defensive team that Arizona's had since then. But they didn't have the offensive skill set that this team has right now. If you need a bucket, I trust this version of Arizona than I do that 2014 version of Arizona. Um, and at the end of the day, basketball, yes, you got to be balanced, but it's about getting buckets. And Arizona has a bunch of playmakers on the court that can get you a bucket at any point in time. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. They're more balanced. Um and they're more up and down. They're more transition where they can mm-hmm. run run teams, you know, down. Uh, I think I think opponents get little at, at the end of the game. They know they've been through a battle with Arizona because of the way they run and their defense. Like you said, I mean, both physically and mentally, you got to be prepared to play Arizona. Um, you can't just worry about one part of the game, one part, one side of the court more than the other. Um, it's going to be forty minutes of of you know the difficult basketball because you have to play on both ends at a high level. And I think that's what sets this team apart. Like you said, from the 2014 team and, you know, a lot of other Arizona teams, um, this, this reminds me of a Lute Olsen back to the Lute Olsen days that mm-hmm. uh, they're just so strong on both sides of the court. Um, yeah. So, you know, what are your thoughts about <clears throat> what, what's going to happen 
when the Pac-12 starts because Arizona is the only ranked team at a little conference, and the conference is down this year mm-hmm. um, in their last season as a, as a conference. Yeah, you know, um, USC and Oregon really should have been that solid number two and three, um, but they've had their ups and downs, especially SC. Uh, they might have the most talented roster top to bottom, a lot of people say, with uh, Isaiah Collier, who is just an amazing prospect. But um, Andy Infield is doing typical Andy Infield themes in terms of uh, underwhelming coaching with top-tier talent. And, uh, you know, they've gone through a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Colorado, they're solid. They're just not there yet. They have Cody Williams from Arizona. That was a highly ranked recruit, I believe, a five-star on Rivals at one point in time. But, um, you know, they have their issues, too. So I look at Arizona, maybe two more losses this season. You know, you go on the road in the mountain range and uh, anything can happen out there with that thin air. Right. So maybe drop a game there, then drop a game, you know, at USC and UCLA. One of the two, no matter how bad UCLA could be at the moment, mm-hmm. um, that game's always highly competitive. But overall, I think Arizona ends the regular season with three losses, um, rolls through the Pac-12, and wins the league by four or five games. Um, I just don't see anybody in the conference that can compete with them night in and night out. Um, this Arizona team is very different than years past, and I think they're going to roll through the conference, and they're going to roll through the Pac-12 tournament. And you're going to see a lot of Arizona Wildcats winning awards, and you know, one guy that doesn't get talked about enough is Kylan Boswell. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be all conference. I don't know if he'll win Pac-12 Player of the Year. He probably should. But um, with such balanced scoring, it's hard to do that. And he's gone from a guy that was a highly talented freshman last year. And again, this should be his freshman year. Uh, he came a little early to a guy that I believe will be a lottery pick by the end of the season. Yeah, I, I have that same kind of confidence in him, too. He's just He's just so good and... As as running a team, shoot outside shooting, and then and then penetrating, and getting players involved. I think he just he fills he checks all those boxes. Um, and one thing you mentioned about the Purdue game, those guards aren't going to have a game like that again. That just goes to show you that anything can happen on any day. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guards went. They they scored thirty points higher than their what their combined season averages. Um, and then Kylan Boswell had the uncharacteristic bad game. So I mean, those those things happen. But more often than not, if those if they played a seven game series, I would take Arizona in that, no no doubt, um, mm-hmm. because adjustments would be made. But yeah, those guys, those Purdue guards, aren't going to have games like that um, much much at all the rest of the season. So if Arizona does play Purdue again in the NCAA tournament, I feel very confident Arizona will be ready, and it'll be a different story. Down. Yeah, and you know that—that's what makes college basketball so great and so nerve-wracking. Is it's a one-offer. Um, yeah. I think Arizona is the most talented team in the country, and I do think that they're going to get to a Final Four, or even national title game. But nothing's guaranteed. Um, you know, you have one bad night, and somebody shoots 60, 70 percent from the field, and you're gone. Um, so that—that's what makes it great. And you know, it's—it all really comes down to matchups. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be fun. Fun's, it's going to be a fun time uh, coming up here in the next few months. Um, you know, we also have the the spring sports starting up with baseball and softball. Uh, you know, those are the last two years in the Pac-12 for those teams yeah. also. So especially with softball, that's just that's just huge. Um, 
So a lot, lot to talk about there. But and we'll 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 talk again here maybe midway through the Pac-12 season and see how things are going. Um, and leading up to softball and baseball, they start in late January. So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's all it's all capping quit so quickly. You know this this season this school year. Yeah, a lot, a lot more coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you, and you're going to be busy through it all. So I, you know, I appreciate the time again, Troy. Hope your family has a has a really nice Christmas, and try not to work too hard because I know you're you're going to go to the Alamo Bowl and all the stuff that leads up to after that with New Year's that the games are on New Year's Day and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, thank you for the time, and we'll we'll be talking to you soon. Have a good one. Okay, thanks, Troy.